0: Welcome to the NutriCast, a production by Nutra Ingredients USA. I'm Danielle Masterson. Thank you so much for joining me here on the NutriCast, where we talk and share insights from inside the nutrition industry. While many companies have shut down in order to adhere to social distancing measures, others have turned to social media influencers to create content. But how does one promote their business without looking like they're trying to cash in on the crisis? What is the best way to send a message of positivity and inspiration, but also come off real and in touch? Here to guide us on how to walk that tightrope is Eric DeHon, the co-founder and CEO of Open Influence. That's a full-service influencer marketing agency. Welcome, Eric.
1: Thank you, Danielle. Thanks for having me.
0: So before we get started, I, I have to ask, how are you? How are your loved ones? And how are your employees doing?
1: Thankfully, everyone is safe and well. You know, I think you know from, from a health perspective. You know, I, th- I think there's definitely a, a lot of anxiety going around and a lot of uncertainty. You know, my, my team and my employees, you know, I'm, I'm very proud of how, you know, how, how my team has really stepped up to, to the challenge and, and has just gone above and beyond to help us navigate the challenges ahead and help our clients
0: out. Right, right. So I think at Open Influencer, probably are prepared for all sorts of different things. But have your influencers been coached or prepped for dealing something as difficult as this? Or is this a new territory for everybody involved?
1: Yeah, it, it's really a new territory for everyone. I mean, we we definitely have coached our influencers as best as possible through, you know, through this, you know, we make sure that they're They're coming across as authentic. We're making sure that in in any sort of sponsorship, you know, they're acknowledging the challenges, not being lighthearted. And I think it's really important to have that human connection. And and I think the other thing too, that we're working on is not just coaching the influencers and how to best deliver that message, but also coaching brands. Some brands are obviously benefiting from everything that's happening. And it's really important that those brands don't come across as opportunistic and don't come across as just trying to take advantage of a a terrible situation.
0: Right. Yeah. I'm sure you've seen supplement companies promoting coronavirus prevention and cures and things along those lines. What is your vetting process at Open Influence for influencers as well as those clients that you work with?
1: Yes. So, so so we track everything uh, our, our database of influencers do essentially what they post about. So we, we have a network of over 500,000 influencers and we look at every piece of content they create. We run it through text analysis, image recognition as well to determine what's in the content itself. And we build this taxonomy. And so when we're looking to work with an influencer, whether it be during this time or, or, or pre-COVID, you know, essentially we're we're just looking to make sure that they're going to be a match for that brand, whatever that may be. So making sure that their content, their tone is on brand, making sure that from a competitive standpoint, they're not talking about any sort of competitors, making sure they don't have any inappropriate content and that everything's brand safe. So we'll go through that full vetting process. And what we'll do as well is we'll work with our clients to say, you know, here are the influencers we've vetted through. We'll also show their audience stats, of course, to make sure that demographically the audience aligns well. And also psychographically, the audience aligns, right? So they're interested in whatever that brand may be promoting. Uh, And then we'll work with our brands to then refine that list. uh, And then we'll begin our contracting phase where we'll start locking in those those deals. And so a, a big part of what we do is just on the vetting process side. And we even have internal tools that we've built to track and rate influencers on things like responsiveness, ability to adhere to, you know, to a contract, timeliness. So, you know, th- this example is not necessarily relevant now, but like when we have a, an activation that is, you know, a live event, how do we make sure that the influencer has a good track record of showing up, showing up on time and posting the appropriate content at
0: that live event? I think a lot more goes into this than most people would think goes into social media influencing.
1: Yeah, I, I think um, influencers are people, right? And they're creative people too. So they're, they're not banner ads. You can't just push a button and hope that they're going to post exactly what you want, uh, when you want. And they're the ones creating the content that they you know, share. So you have to look at it from that scope. They're, they're not Uber drivers. So they're not going to take you from point A to point B with the click of a button, right? You're you're going to work with them and it's a very hands-on process to work with someone who's creative to create great content, um, review it and then have them share that content. And so a big part of what we do that I think brands overlook is just how, how much goes in to making influencer marketing work and streamlining it. And I think the other thing too is also understanding the balancing act between the brand's message and the influencer's style. Um, Because again, influencers have influence because their audience trusts them and enjoys the content they create. And so it's really important for brands to understand that they need to really respect that and figure out a way to integrate with the influencer rather than kind of shoehorning uh, an influencer into an existing prescriptive strategy
0: yeah that's another thing that people probably haven't thought about kind of finding that common voice between the two yep so i'm wondering have you ever had to turn down a client or has anybody approached you in the past few weeks to do something that perhaps you thought was i don't know kind of raising questions of morality
1: yeah fortunately we haven't had any you know anything come up during this time during covid 19 Around that, a lot of brands have been just very understanding and, and very cautious around making sure that they're not coming across as opportunistic, that they're not taking advantage of a situation. And a lot of them kind of came to us for guidance on what they can do to help or, or how they should market during this time. We've had uh, had situations in the past where we've had brands we've had to turn down. We we've had product lines where we just said we we can't promote this in good conscience and well in conscience and so we'll we can't work with you and and an example of that was um we were approached by a a weapons manufacturer to work with influencers in developing countries to sell assault rifles right and and these aren't you know we're not talking about guns for hunting or home protection this was very much so geared towards creating unrest and funding any sort of, or uh, supplying weapons to to any sort of conflict. And we just said, we're not going to get anywhere near that.
0: I imagine most companies would say, "Eh, I don't want to touch that with a 10 foot pole. Yeah. So how has COVID impacted your company's priorities? I imagine things have shifted and changed in the past few months.
1: Yeah. um, It's interesting, right? Because we have A pretty large and diverse client base across a lot of different industries. So it's been interesting to to kind of see how different industries are impacted and how they're responding. So obviously, you know, travel and hospitality is is one industry that stopped it in its tracks from a marketing perspective for obvious reasons. Apparel, we've seen, you know, sort of a similar response, but some apparel brands have really shifted not just their marketing message, but also the products they're promoting as well to, to really adjust a new lifestyle. Uh, I, I think what's interesting too, is we've seen a boost in CPG and home care, but there's a lot of sensitivity around a lot of the cleaning products and, and how they're promoting. Cause you know, their business is obviously doing very well right now. I would say they're probably the most cautious, you know, ar- around making sure that they're not coming across as opportunistic. But I, I mean, I, the thing that I really love about what we do, you know, is we, we get exposed to a lot of different companies and it's just been really fascinating and really almost inspiring to see how different companies and organizations are just adjusting to this and how dynamic, you know, people are, um, you know, they, they see a challenge and they're adapting, you know, the best way they can. And so it, it's been interesting to see businesses shift and grow.
0: Mm-hmm. We have to, of course, report on a few bad apples here and there. But I do think overall, the message of positivity and kindness has really shined through a lot more than people would expect out of all this.
1: Definitely. I mean, I've been seeing so much optimism come through, um, which which I, I did not expect. It's just been interesting. Like our team at Open Influence, it's been really inspiring to just see you know, our team has looked at the challenge and said, okay, like, what can we do? How can we step up? How can we help? How can we navigate? And so, and this is everything from working with clients to adjusting uh, how we interact with influencers to even identifying causes for us to proactively get involved with and help promote and use our, you know, our resources to to help out during this time. And And so we're, you know, we're actively involved right now you know, uh, you know, partnered with a, a nonprofit called In My Scrubs. You know, helping supply food to healthcare workers on the front lines.
0: That is great. I've read a lot of inspiring stories lately. Distilleries putting out hand sanitizer instead of alcohol, and you mentioned you're working with In My Scrubs. Are you surprised at all this collaboration? I mean, it's something that probably would have never come up otherwise.
1: Definitely. I mean, it, 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 there's, there's definitely this feeling of, you know, like we're kind of all in this together and there's just a lot of collaboration, a lot of positivity that I, again, I find really inspiring. I couldn't have guessed that. And I, I, at least from what I've been seeing, like there's just been, you know, yes, acknowledgement of the difficulty and the challenge, but a lot of people really have this attitude of, you know, let's persevere through this and let's work through it together.
0: And something that's come up that otherwise would not have is something called the Open Influences COVID 19 Resource Center and Tracker. Can you tell me a little bit about that?
1: Yeah. So we wanted to put something together, you know, just to get a sense of how the industry was evolving and changing. So many businesses have popped up over the past six, seven years around the influencer marketing industry. So many content creators have built their livelihood on this industry. And so many people at companies are are dedicated to this. So we said, how can we build a tool to just track activity in the industry and get sort of a sense of what's happening and provide some insight to alleviate any sort of anxiety, as well as build out resources to help brands, advertisers, influencers, just navigate the space and and navigate the new shifts. So it's kind of, it's kind of us just trying to do our small part and just helping the industry as a whole, and you know, and the industry that we've built our business on, and you know, and and many others that we interact with on a regular basis have as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Can you explain what the sentiment tracker is?
1: Yeah, so we're scanning um, you know hundreds of thousands of posts on on social to really see just in general how people are reacting when they're talking about. COVID-19 and what that sentiment looks like. And this gives us a really good sense of just, you know, what are the different emotions being communicated over time? Um, And so we see like a lot of fear, anticipation, and anxiety being communicated when people mention COVID-19. But there's also degrees of optimism and, and positivity that we're seeing as well. And so it's really interesting to see over time, like how that changes and how it correlates with whatever's happening. And so this gives us a really good sense of, you know, just almost like taking, you know, the temperature of the market of, of just how they're feeling about COVID-19 and what, and what that sentiment looks like.
0: Have you been able to tie certain news events with the way people are feeling? Is that what you're seeing?
1: On a macro, yes. We're, we're not tracking necessarily like individual, you know, daily releases with it. We may do that in later iterations of this you know, you know, but right now we're looking at like, you know, sort of bigger macro trends. Um, you know, like when, when lockdowns were announced, kind of tr- that that's what really sparked us to say, let's start tracking this, mm-hmm. to see what starts to shift.
0: When you're looking at this, and I don't know how in depth you went with tracking, but I'm curious, do you, can you tell if followers prefer more escapism or do they want to see more real life posts from influencers?
1: Um, we're going to start being able to do that. So we were able to get that granular with our normal tracking. Now we had to reconfigure and, and get scrappy from an engineering standpoint to build out this tracker to get more real time information. But, you know, we'll hopefully be able to track in, in later iterations around looking like the types of content and how the market's reacting to the different types of content being shared. But yeah, for, for, for right now, we're not going that granular. But you know it's it's definitely a direction we'd love to get into the, the next iteration that we're looking at is actually like an industry breakdown to just see how different industries and brands within those industries are engaging with influencer efforts and hopefully that helps influencers talent agencies um, you know companies like us reorient their efforts to figuring out like which brands are are working with influencers and using that as sort of a a signal of you know where the market's moving
0: yeah where is the market moving i mean a lot more people are taking to instagram and other social media platforms are you finding that more companies are hiring more influencers and going more digital
1: yeah it's really interesting many companies have just paused all marketing together we're also seeing some companies shifting budget towards influencer marketing we're we're seeing you know activity on social at an all you know at a pretty much an all-time high uh, everyone is is just craving interaction spending more time than ever on their screens and on their devices but the challenge is you know uh, ad revenue has, hasn't increased so it presents a really interesting opportunity and i wouldn't say opportunity necessarily just promote your brand but i really look at it as it's an opportunity for companies to build a, a human connection with their audience so not necessarily going out and trying to sell something during this time and take advantage of the situation, but just an opportunity to build a connection and you know, say like as a company, you know, we're here. Um, and the way I look at it is, you know, companies are made up of people and, you know, organizations are there to add value. And so it is an opportunity if brands do it right, they can just build lasting connections and I encourage them to do whatever they can to help their customers and stakeholders during this time.
0: Mm-hmm. It is important to build that relationship with consumers. I think a lot of these companies—it probably wasn't even something that they necessarily thought of before.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, many companies were involved in influencer marketing, I would say, to varying degrees. Um, you know, so, some industries are just, in general, slow to adopt or essentially try new forms of marketing as they emerge, and they they kind of want to wait. But I think this has definitely accelerated some companies getting involved with influencer marketing. I think the hesitation of is a brand safe has gone down because there's just there, you know, like we talked about earlier, there are just a lot of resources out there around how to really message with influencers and not come across as opportunistic. And so I, I think it's interesting, but I, I would definitely say the volume in general has gone down across the board just as a function of marketing going down. But I I, I do think we're going to see more and more focus. There, there are companies in, in different spaces too that are seeing a boom like you know telecom is one, CPG is another, some of the streaming services are getting more active, and we're even seeing spaces like the cannabis space, specifically CBD really doing well and, and you know it makes sense like their' supplements focused on relieving anxiety and there, there's a lot of anxiety going around at this time
0: how do you advise them to talk about that without coming off opportunistic? What are some best practices for companies and things like that?
1: I mean, I, I think it really happens on a case by case, but I, I think there's make sure one that you're not price gouging or, or taking advantage of, of customers. Like that's probably the biggest before messaging before anything. And, and you know, and, and make sure you're not just leveraging it as a tactic and just having that messaging be authentic. So it, it comes down on a case by case around what the warding looks like, but I would avoid like, Hey, stuck at home, go buy this. Mm-hmm. But it's still like, you know, maybe here's a special deal, building that human connection, of telling the story. Like, you know, I, if it's a, you know, anxiety product, like, you know, talking about the fact that there's, raised anxiety right now. And that's completely understandable. And talking about, you know, how this product is helping alleviate that, but doing so in just a very human way um, and not feeling like, uh, you know, hey, are you stressed? Go buy this now.
0: Such a tricky topic. So no price gouging, authentic messaging. Should they even mention COVID, coronavirus? Should they keep it out completely? Is that a no-no? You
1: know, I think in general, Yeah. Um, you, you, you know, I, I think you, you indirectly address, here's what's happening. Like you acknowledge what's happening. Um, I, I think the biggest mistake as well as price gouging is marketing and moving forward as if nothing has changed at all, because that's just really not acknowledging the new reality. So I think it's very important to in some way or form, whether directly or indirectly acknowledge that the world today is different than it was a few months ago, acknowledge the challenge, and make sure that you're not connecting the hey we're promoting now because of covid19 but more so here's as a company how we've adapted what we normally do to this new reality
0: all right sound advice so no price gouging remain authentic in your messaging and acknowledge the new reality Certainly a growing concern online for people taking advantage. So I certainly hope everyone takes your best practices to heart. Eric DeHaan of Open Influence, thank you so much for coming on the NutriCast today.
1: Awesome. Thank you for having
0: me. And all the best to you. And if you like what you just heard, you can subscribe to the NutriCast on iTunes. And for even more nutra related content, you can always head to NutriIngredients-USA.com. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm Danielle Masterson. Please stay healthy and safe. I hope to catch you here on the NutriCast next week.